Welcome to Game Time in the Triangle. I'm your host, Trisha Williamson. On today's show, we discuss sports injuries in high school athletes. I'll be talking to Dr. Brian Campbell, the founder and lead physical therapist for XL Movement and Performance. I'll also welcome Braden Rivenbark, a senior at Leesville Road High School who's been an athlete all his life and has come back from more than one injury. Last week on Friday Night Rivals, we were in Holly Springs, where the Golden Hawks took on the Green Hope Falcons. It was a one-sided matchup the entire night, with Holly Springs shutting out Green Hope. Friday Night Rivals player to watch Matt Bland was the first of the night to score in the first two minutes of the game. The Falcons didn't have possession for long as Owen Carlson intercepted a pass and took the ball to the 10-yard line. A field goal by Connor Bost and a touchdown by Brendan King gave the Golden Hawks 17 points to end the quarter. The second quarter was much like the first, with Holly Springs getting touchdowns scored by Drake Delarada, Justin Gillis, and two by Tracy Harrington. Sam Good also made an interception and almost ran it to the end zone. Well, that ball is picked, and that is Sam Good down the right sideline with blockers ahead. Good down the sideline, tight roping, and dropped it around the two. The second half left Holly Springs with 45 points, and the teams came back from halftime with a running clock. Justin Gillis made a second touchdown of the night in the third quarter, making the final Friday night rival score Golden Hawks 52, Falcons 0. Quarterback Joel Sheehan had 166 passing yards on the night, with two passing touchdowns and 14 completions. After the game, Holly Springs head coach Robert Firth talked to Faith Kane about the incredible win on senior night and a big game coming up against Apex. And our Faith is down with Robert Firth and a bunch of happy Hawks. Congratulations. 52 to nothing win, Coach. Now, this was senior night, last home game here. What do you have to say about these seniors? How are you feeling about that? It's unbelievable. It's been an unbelievable group. They've been a, our biggest group since uh, they came in as freshmen, and hopefully this isn't their last game here. Hopefully we'll get a playoff game here in a few weeks. Now, you guys have a pretty big game next week, Apex, undefeated. How do you carry that momentum from this weekend into next? I think we just let that motivate us. We have one loss in the conference. They're undefeated, so hopefully we'll take this series and uh, go in and play the best game we've played all year. All right. Thanks, Coach. Well, congratulations. Go ahead. Celebrate with the team. Let's take it back to you. I'm joined now by Dr. Brian Campbell. He is the founder and lead physical therapist of XL Movement and Performance. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. This is thank you for having me. How long have you been a physical therapist? Uh, I've been so been over ten years. Uh, I've had my clinic for over eight now. You have it here in Raleigh. Yep, yep. We are located up in the northwest corner near um, near Westgate Road. Um, we specialize in biomechanics, um, athletes, active individuals, and working to help improve biomechanics, help to improve underlying issues. Well, athletes is why we called you here today because we are a sports specific podcast and we know that, you know, playing sports, especially, or even as a high school student, injuries are part of the game, right? Yep. What kind of injuries do you see when say teenagers come in? What are the most common injuries you see? A lot of it's overuse. Um, a lot of overuse injuries that can come from just repetitive movements that a lot of these athletes are doing. Um, you know, we're seeing athletes do more year-round training or year-round in-season. Um, so if they're constantly doing the same movements that their sport requires, then 
they start to create imbalances. So those imbalances will lead to some type of tissue irritation or pain or stiffness that can stay at that and we address that or could lead to further injury if they continue to um, to try to perform with that. So say I'm a student athlete, I'm a football player or something like that. I, you know, strain my hamstring and I need to come to you. Uh, what sorts of exercises would you, you know, put me through or is it a, a multi appointment kind of situation or? Yeah. So the, the big thing when someone comes in is we're trying to address why did you pull your hamstring? Um, you know, particularly with these high school athletes, they, there's always some underlying issue. Um, so trying to address that. So we're not just, um, putting band-aids on things, um, is, is the number one priority. Once we've established that, then we look at, okay, what do we need to reestablish fundamentally to make sure that a, we can correct this, this problem or symptoms, but then what's going to create a long-term positive change. So from there, you know, we established this, a lot of fundamental movements. So a lot of single leg things, um, if it's low extremity, a lot of one arm things, if it's, if it's shoulder or neck related. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just try to progress from there. Um, you know, we, we look at it from, um, you know, what does their sport demand from them and what does their train demand from them? And then what do they need and how much realistically do they need to do these movements to overcome the issue and to make sure it's a long-term change. So when you see teenagers who come in, are they at this point, because you know kids run and play and jump and fall and they don't really need to worry about strengthening all of their different muscle movements because they're kids, right? Yeah. As the teenagers are getting older and you know they're getting their muscles and everything like that, do you find that you have to kind of give them a guidance of how to now be an athlete smartly? Yes, absolutely. You know, especially as we get into middle school, high school athletes, unfortunately with our school systems, they're sitting more. So there's now this bigger change from I'm at rest all day to now the demands of my sport are, um, are asking me to move at a very high intensity for, or for a longer period of time. So they just need more prep work. You know, they're not outside going and playing with their friends when they were, you know, when they were younger than 10. Um, now they have homework, they have what other extra activities they're doing. So they really need to be doing more of that that warm up, that cool down, you know, some of this training at night um, to make sure their body is more prepared for what is going to be demanded of them, of their sports. Do you work with coaches uh, as well as athletes to prevent the injury? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've worked with a couple of coaches in the area um, and we've, we've done some actual uh, movement assessments with them. So we, we do give them a kind of a overviewing guideline of like, okay, here's from the sample of 20 of your players that we tested, here's where we're seeing the biggest weaknesses. And then that way they can implement a couple of strategies or drills into their warmups um, or into their cool down that is already in their protocol for their practice um, that can help address those things. Because, you know, if a majority of these kids within the sample have it, then pretty much the team will have some type of issue. So um, it just gives them another another uh, little thing they can change that could just create a more successful season of kids not getting these these common little nagging injuries. So there are some common injuries and there's sprains and there's strains and things like that, but we actually were going to have an athlete in here who had a bit of a bigger injury. He broke his femur. Yep. And when something like that happens, when surgery is, you know, going to happen and you have to come back from that, 
can teenagers come back from that? Does their age have anything to do with it? Nope. It's all about motivation. And I will say, uh, when I was playing high school football, I tore my ACL three times. So, and I actually had back surgery all before I was a senior in high school and I still came back. I still played, I still played college football. Um, so it's, it's a lot of motivation. It's a lot of mental, but it's a lot of the hard work too, and being consistent. Um, you know, and it's, it's truly getting to the underlying, you know, even with surgery, surgery. Now, if a broken leg, um, you know, sometimes that can be from an acute trauma that we have no, um, no, really no, it didn't happen because of some underlying issue, but ACLs, shoulder surgeries, um, you know, can come from an underlying issue. So you still have to address that. Um, and even with a, with a broken leg, you know, being casted, being, having muscle atrophy, they still have to address what other underlying issues may be there just from having going through that process. So, um, their age doesn't really matter. It's, it's more about making sure you're addressing the person in front of you and making sure that it's not just, okay, they broke their leg. Let's just look at the leg. We got to look at every facet of how they move so that it doesn't lead to some other issue down the road. I do like that with physical therapists. I've been to a physical therapist before. I had what I thought were shin splints. And they said, no, um, your back is the problem here. Yep. And they fixed my back and suddenly I don't have shin splints anymore. And so do you look at the body? Like you said, you see a broken leg, but something else may have hurt their form that made them fall to do that. Is right. that the kind of thing that you do? Absolutely. I, I like to equate it to puddles and leaks. You know, symptoms are a lot of different puddles. We're, we're looking for leaks. And if we can fix those, then we can resolve a lot of symptoms that can be occurring, whether it's, you know, in one area of the body or multiple areas. Do you, because, okay, so I'll use myself as an example. I'm a runner. Yep. I have no upper body strength whatsoever. Do you encourage full body fitness, even if, say, I don't use my arms when I'm doing it? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we still we still want uh, an overall balance um, and as much symmetry as possible from left to right, both upper and lower. I am finding that my core is pretty integral to, you know, when I get to the sixth, seventh, eighth mile, when my core is not strong, I'm not going to be strong. Right. Do you, when you're working with um, your athletes, what sorts of like say I came in for my broken leg, would you still have them working on other muscle groups while that heals? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different things that, you know, particularly if it's right after where they're probably in a non-weight-bearing status or minimal weight-bearing, there's still plenty of things that they can be working on. Um, and fortunately, we've seen a lot of advances with with the rehab and particularly sports rehab where you know, we have different tools that we can use that can speed up the recovery process and speed up um, or minimize at muscle atrophy as well. So um, there's a lot of different things we can do, you know, even in this, if this was a case of this, of an athlete breaking his leg, if it was their dominant leg, then, you know, we could be doing a lot of stuff with their non-dominant leg that um, can help them um make sure that when they are back on the field, that both legs are as symmetry as possible. Because one of the big things we see with kids particular that let's say they had a knee issue or, or a, and they are a righty, you know, they were probably doing all right-sided symptom or issue, uh, exercises um, when they went through the rehab process. And then when they're coming to me, you know, 
they're like, yeah, I had this surgery, and but my right knee is killing me. And then we actually look at their movement. Their left side is so weak because they only focus on their dominant side. So now they've created even more of this, this asymmetry that we're actually looking at the left side. And we're constantly making that left side do more work. So that's one of the things for these post-op athletes that we do is if it is their dominant side that's hurt, now we have an opportunity to really dial in getting that other side stronger, whether it's upper or lower body. So they don't put themselves at higher risk once they can get back to more activities. Have you been a physical therapist here your whole career? Uh, majority of it. Um, once I graduated, I actually, uh, I was in Texas for a, f- a few years, um, but then I moved here. Okay. So Texas and North Carolina, big sports states. So yep. I suppose this question could work for both of them. Do you see an um, an increase in injuries or, you know, because it's, big business around here. People who are athletes, they take it very seriously. Do you see a lot of high school sports injuries? I would say it's, it's definitely increasing. Um, and a lot of it is, um, you know, because these kids are, are getting into more specialization earlier. Um, so yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing more overuse injuries, um, occur because of that. Um, but I also, uh, believe that too. These, these, a lot of these kids just, we're just not moving as much throughout the day. Um, so there's just, is that bigger gap between them being at rest to them putting the demands on their body. So let's talk about prevention. You know, I sit a lot as well. I've got an office job. What can you do so that in your everyday life, when you go out and you exercise that you're not injuring yourself? Yeah. The big thing is, um, if there is opportunity during the days, get up and move. Um, obviously that's number one, um, changing of positions. Um, you know, a lot of people will change to a standing desk. Um, but I actually prefer lunging, um, going into a lunge position or to a kneeling position as well as standing and sitting. Um, really, if you can change position every 30 minutes, that is most optimal because standing all day is just as bad as sitting all day. Um, our body's meant to move any static position. We're going to, we're going to have some abnormal posture. Um, so move when you can. Um, really trying to make sure you are prepped for the activity you're about to do. So that does mean if you are having to have the demands of sitting more or static position, taking that five to eight minutes to warm up and really make sure your body is prepared. Um, but more importantly, it's after act, it's after activities, taking eight to 10 minutes, you know, working on some type of stretch, working on some type of activation to make sure you're addressing, um, any type of weakness you may have or stiffness you may have so that things don't become more of an, of a, of an issue. Um, but ultimately the more we can move, the better it's going to be. Um, and that's really what's going to create the most success. So it's not just about the exercise. It's about preparing. It's about taking care of your body after it is. And that's, and that's really, I, I really, um, put a lot more emphasis and priority on post activity or workouts or training because when you are working out, um, you're going to hit a fatigue point, whether it's, it's things are heavy, whether you're tired, either way, you're going to compensate. So it's important to get your mechanics back in check after your workout so that you're not just lingering in this compensation for the rest of the day or for the rest of the night. Um, you know, a lot of people that are having pain or tightness at night, um, or they wake up, they're like, this is just killing me. Um, unless it's a different bed that they're not used to a lot of it's what you did the day before. Um, so if we can really correct some of these compensations that occur after activities, then it's going to help you feel better, but it's also going to help your body recover faster so that you can achieve, 
um, or be able to push yourself the next workout the next day or whenever it is. Last question. If you are an athlete and you're feeling some kind of something, at what point would you say, go see the physical therapist? The biggest thing is if you're having issues for more than four to five days and it's consistently the same or it's getting worse is, is the best time to have it addressed or have it looked at. Um, if it's once you're at that point, you're in more of a chronic state. Um, if it's a day or two, not a huge deal, uh, particularly if it's getting better. But if it's not, then it's better to get in sooner rather than later. Dr. Brian Campbell, who is a physical therapist at Excel Movement and Performance, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Shaw moving the pocket, and he'll throw for six here. A touchdown. The pass complete to Rivenbark. His second score of the season. Rivenbark just goes across the field, finds the open seam. And a nice job. He's running full speed, focusing to haul that pass in and get the touchdown to stretch out the lead. I'm joined by Braden Rivenbark, who is a wide receiver at Leesville Road High School. He is a senior this year and has been in multiple sports throughout his career. Welcome, Braden. Thank you for having me. So you've been an athlete pretty much all your life, right? That's correct. So what sorts of sports have you played? A lot. So I've played baseball, basketball, soccer. Uh, that's pretty much, you know, football, basketball, usual stuff. That's pretty much it. What age did you start playing sports? I'd say like four. Specifically, you are here because you've had a few sports injuries. So we talked to Dr. Campbell, who's a physical therapist, and he was talking about injuries when you were young. So can you go through a list of a couple of things that have happened to you? Oh, yeah. I've broken my collarbone twice, my wrist twice. I've broken my femur. I've uh, sprained my ankle probably like three or four times, so it's, I've done a lot. Do you find that every time you get an injury, like what goes through your mind? Like I have to restart the process again. It's, it's just, it's annoying. What would you say was your most difficult injury to get through? Probably my femur. I had like to learn how to walk again. That was a how fun did that happen? story. Uh, I was in what, seventh grade and I was, uh, was opening kickoff and I was running it back. And I didn't see a guy coming behind me, like kind of twisted me weird and like landed on my right knee and it just, it just snapped it right now. So you're laying on the field and you know something is wrong, oh, right? I, I couldn't feel my, like my leg was like really tight. I'm like, oh, this is not right. So yeah, it took ambulance like oh, quite a while to get there. It was a long story. What was the process like for that? Like you obviously you go to the hospital. What happens when something that bad happens? Well, of course you freak out. You, you don't know what, what's going on, first of all, and... Well, so they, they brought me to, I want to say, they went to Duke first. And then, you know, they had to make the phone call, hey, what hospital do you want to get the surgery at? So my dad, you know, called some friends that had similar injuries before. I think we, we uh, transferred, I want to say, to uh, the rec center, if that was mistaken. And that was, the transporting was the hardest part because they had to pick my leg up and that was not painful. It was very painful at all. So nothing is set, and they have to like oh, get you in the. Oh, it's painful! Uh, I was like screaming and stuff. So finally, they get me to the right hospital for my surgery, but then of course my surgery's not the next day, so I can't eat, drink, or anything. So I'm on all these pain medications. So you know I'm ill and just you know annoyed. Finally, you know surgery happens, and then uh, they make sure I can like get into cars and walk and stuff, and then I get to go home. But then you know I can't do anything. I have to just sit around for a couple weeks, and I hated that so much. That was probably the worst part. When you get surgery like that, you're in, like, a big cast. Yeah. and So they call it, 
I forgot what it's called, but like you can't move your leg. It's just like straight the whole time. So I have to like walk around with a straight leg for like eight weeks. Were they able to just set it or did you have pins or anything? Yeah, I had to get rods in them. So they kind of like cross. So they start on the bottom, they kind of cross up to the top. They're titanium, so that's pretty cool. But Are they still there today? No, I took them out. So I had to get two surgeries. So, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. You've gone through the surgery and you're healed and you're obviously an athlete. The first thing on your mind is when can I get back on the field? Oh yeah, for sure. What was that process like for you? Uh, it's a, you know, I had to do a bunch of PT to get back to like walking, of course, and I had to rebuild the muscle because it was just so weak. All, all the quad muscle and everything was gone. So that took a while just to recover after I could walk again. And then I still have like leaning energies, like my hips will hurt sometimes. I still have, I have really bad knees now. But yeah, so it's, it's a long, you know, process and it's, you know, I, I still deal with it a little bit today. Having had somebody, you, you have a long list of injuries. So I feel like maybe somebody out there would say, like, what the heck, kid? You know, um, why keep going through it? And what brings you back to athletics after having so many injuries? Well, that's just all I've done all life. You know, I, I kind of need it. Like, if I don't have it, I just feel like I'm just not, it's not me. Like, I just, not myself. So I have to, I have to have that sport. I have to have, be doing something like after school and just have the opportunity you know, to have fun. That's just the way I live. Do you have plans uh, for the future in football or is it football? Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely want to go play in college. I got hurt last year. It's kind of ruined my recruitment process. So hopefully, you know, it'll pick up during the senior year and see where it takes me. What was your injury last year? I broke my I broke the same collarbone again. That would be my second collarbone I broke. So once you break it once, is it kind of weaker, or did you just do the same thing that broke it again? Well, it broke in a different spot. So the first time I broke it closer to my shoulder than the second time I broke it closer to my neck. So this one was like held up. I think just the pressure, it broke up the, sec the farther up. But, you know, I, I felt it. I'm like, all right, I knew what it was because I already done it before. I'm right. Like, oh, crap, I've got to restart this crap again. So I know that your family, um, full disclosure, you are my boss's child. And I know that your family is a big athletic family. What do your parents say when you have to call them up and be like, hey, so I broke something again? Oh, they're used to it. They Usually when I'm on the ground for more than like three seconds, they, they get kind of scared or like curious of what's, what's going on because, you know, I'm kind of a tough guy. I don't really lay on the ground very much. So, yeah, they, they usually have an idea like, oh, he's actually hurt, and then they, they're used to it by now. So I calm down, and they're just like, oh, this again. When mentally, like, you're you're getting healed and you know that you're about to be released, I guess you could say, to go and play again – do you have to keep yourself from, like, going out too early? Have you done that? Have you gone out too early when you were injured? I might have done it this year. Uh, so I was able to come back and play in the uh, playoffs the second round. And I say I was probably, like, 85% healthy. And that was probably really scared. And it could have gone really bad. Luckily it didn't. But I wanted to play so bad. And, like, the doctor said, hey – you have a choice. You can play. Like it was healed, but it wasn't healed all the way. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like solid, solid yet. It's like you can play, and it, you might have a chance of breaking even worse, or you're gonna be okay. Luckily, I was okay. But mm -hmm. it was very. Parents are scared. Coaches were scared, but they, I ended up doing okay. We talked to a physical therapist who was talking about when you have an injury, working on um, all sides of your body to make sure that uh, what you lost is strengthened. Mm -hmm. Do you continue with your physical therapy like exercises to keep yourself kind of built up since you have had injuries? Mm -hmm. 
it's called uh, compensating because like your your uh, your injury will like you like you want to get away from it. you don't want to hurt it so like you're going to use your other muscles to compensate that and then that gets really tired because it's overworking it so you have to you know even it out. So football season is coming up. You've been exercising all summer long, oh, right? Oh yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. And you've been healthy. So far, I've been doing pretty good, actually. That's good. Anybody on your team who's like, is there usually somebody on your team that's injured and working through stuff? We usually always have one. Like we had a, one of my teammates got hurt in team camp. He like, I want to say he like partially tore a f- something in his foot, and he's been out for a couple weeks. So he finally just came back uh, a couple weeks ago. So we got glad to have him back. But yeah, everyone, someone always getting hurt. But sure. It's just part of football, you know. Well, Braden Reifenberg, I hope that you have a great season, an injury-free season, and I want to thank you for coming on today. Yeah, that's the goal. Thank you for having me. Next week on Friday Night Rivals, it's a powerhouse rivalry as Rollsville takes on Wake Forest. So far this season, Rollsville is 7-1 and undefeated in their conference. Plus, they're coming off of a 67-0 shutout against Nightdale. Wake Forest has a 6-2 record, 2-1 in conference. They lost a tight game to Heritage last week, 23-21, but they're still looking strong to take on their rivals. Watch Friday Night Rivals Friday at 7 on MyRDC, stream online at MyRDCTV.com, and on Facebook Live. Thank you for joining me on Game Time in the Triangle. I'm your host, Trisha Williamson, and thank you so much to my guests, Dr. Brian Campbell and Braden Rivenbark. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get a notification when a new episode drops. Have a great day, and congratulations to the Friday Night Rivals Game Trophy winners, the Holly Springs Golden Hawks. <laughs>